All right, hour two brought to you by Allison Insurance. This is nice to have this in studio, by the way. I won't lie. Yes, it is. Lineup. And I have one sitting right Look in front at of you. me. Allison Insurance, allisoninsurance.com, health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance has been helping you and your family for over 60 years. 405-745-2968. The story about A.J. Ferrari was scary last night and uh, appears to continue to be pretty scary. The Oklahoma State wrestler is recovering today at OU Health following a Monday night car accident that has left him with internal bleeding and fluid on his lungs, but no broken bones. The flamboyant, successful, um, very good OSU wrestler, 20-year-old sophomore, was in Cushing on Monday night along with, I believe the na- the way you say his name is Isay Rodriguez, who's a cross-country runner. They were meeting with youth wrestlers uh, and got into an accident on State Highway 33, about three miles east of Perkins. Ferrari, who was driving, and Rodriguez, they were returning to Stillwater from the event when he attempted to pass three vehicles while cresting a hill in a no-passing zone. So, again, a reminder don't pass on a hill. I know everyone's in a hurry, but don't. It's just don't. Uh, crashed head on with an oncoming pickup, causing Ferrari's vehicle to roll an unknown number of times before coming to a rest in a ditch. The Oklahoman confirmed that one of the first people on the scene was Oklahoma State assistant coach Casey Dunn, who was one of the first witnesses. He pulled Ferrari from the vehicle, which had caught fire. Dunn had not been in Cushing with the athletes, but by coincidence, was actually in the area. All parties were wearing seatbelts, and there were no signs of impairment from anyone involved. The driver of the pickup was not injured. Rodriguez was transported. He was treated for minor injuries. Ferrari was airlifted to OU Health and remained there overnight. Um, Shortly uh, before midnight, A.J. Ferrari Sr., provided an update saying, quote, has fluid on his lungs that is affecting his oxygen levels and some bad bruising with some internal bleeding. uh, bleeding. So they are keeping him here. It looks like a miracle that he didn't have anything broken or any long-term head issues. If you saw the car in AJ, you would know this is a miracle. Scary situation, man. Don't pass on a hill. Don't. Pass as someone who now travels two lane highways constantly, and I see you in a hurry. I know you're behind me, and you've got to go ninety and a sixty five. I get it, or I see it coming. Just don't. Oof, that could have been. That could have been death. He could have killed someone in the other lane. Yeah, no, it's uh, scary, really scary to hear a story like that, and sounds like. Sounds like as good of as good of result as you could hope for, right? Sure. As uh, Oklahoma State, by the way, ten and zero on the season right now in wrestling. They've got Northern Iowa this week, and I would assume that AJ Ferrari would be out. Had he been wrestling? Yeah, he had just won 12, um, 12 to two on Saturday. Uh, tough one. All right, uh, listen, Firehouse Sub. Uh, look at me. Top five stories today coming up here in just a second. Let's let's get true sooner in. 
since he jumped in early. What's going on, True Sooner? How are you? Yeah, those those solid lines are there for a reason, right? Oh gosh, that's yes, scary. they are. I'm Thanks. glad he's okay. Yes. I really am. That, now his last name is Ferrari. Yes, wow. he's stud. He's stud. <laughs> he won the NCAA championship as a record uh, as a freshman. Man, yeah, he's that's he's a, he's probably he's probably going to end up being the most well known collegiate wrestler in Oklahoma State history by the time he's done. He's probably going to surpass John Smith in popularity. That's how – I mean, wow. we just spent the first five minutes of this hour talking about him from last night. He's got an NIL deal with the WWE. The dude, he was the one that at the OU-OSU game was out flexing and Theo Weiss. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a different cat. He's a different bird. So but I'm glad he's okay. I was going to tell you, Chris, that I, back in high school, I ran a wicked PFC uh, – Push fade comeback. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, the push I, fade comeback in the quarter of the end zone. I'm trying after you after I heard that yesterday on the Kansas City you know network. If I heard that, I thought I'm, I'm in my mind trying to picture. Okay, how do you push and then usually a fade? You don't come back from a. I mean, how is it even possible to come back from a fade? It, I mean, it, it's really not. It wouldn't be a fade. <laughs> <laughs> would he would cease to be a fade route? It is kind of funny that he's not taking a little bit more grief for it. I expected to be able to to Google push fade comeback, and there'd be a few people that were like, "What does that even mean?" But thankfully, uh, so far, Mitch Holtis has skirted that. I think everyone's still in awe of just what we saw on Sunday night. That's why you have this show, you- ladies and gents. We we unearth some of these details for you. <laughs> uh, are you buying the uh, uh, Russell Wilson for Derek Carr rumors at all? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I I think, I think that's been going for two years now, and I think okay. it would involve Derek Carr and a first round pick, and maybe another one to go get Russell Wilson. But right. I I just I want to see who their coach is going to be. I want to see what direction they go with the GM. I don't. I, I like Mark Davis, but I don't trust him being the guy that's making these calls. Right. So if that's happening. And the Raiders are talking about that. It's happening when they don't have a general manager in place, which I think is kind of impossible right now. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, how can they make any decisions? Uh, you know. But you know, this. You know, you talking about Caleb Williams a few minutes ago, and you know, the thing about it is, is I. Everybody says, "Well, it's his right." You know, and and, and sure. I, I don't think any. I don't think anybody's arguing the fact that it's his right. I mean, it's your right to walk down the street, you know, and and smoke a you know, a doobie if you got a license for it. But it's just not a good it's not a good look. It's also against you know, the law. I mean, if you don't well, have a yeah. not, not in Vegas. Last time I was in Vegas they were doing it. So uh, but <laughs> it's legal there. <laughs> I didn't think you could drive though. No, you can't do it while you're driving. It's impairment. It's like sitting there and slugging a tall boy. But it's just a bad it's just a bad look. The whole thing is just a dirty look. I mean the fact that you're talking about school started I mean these guys that say, "Hey, they're they're student athletes," and and you know, you know, student, you know, the the schooling is is every bit as they could care less. He could care less about that. This is all about. I mean, let's call it for what it is. It's all about a money grab, and I understand it. I mean, I don't. But let's not act like well, he's he's trying to fit the you know trying to find the best system to fit into. I mean, I've heard that so many times. I'm just like, no, he's. He's looking for three to five million dollars, so that just in case he doesn't get drafted in the first round or whatever, he's got that, got that money, or his, or his dad is one of the two. 
you know, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the, I mean, it's probably a smart move, but let's not let's let's not candy coat it. It, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a money guy. Hey, thanks for the call, Chief Sooner. I appreciate you, it. Um, it, I, I again. Here's my here's my question that I'm gonna consistently have, and I'll take your air comfort solutions text as like, do get tired of bringing up the same point? No, because I still don't have an answer. If it is a money grab, if it is about negotiating nil deals, then like, who's who's doing that? Because, I mean, is there now? Schools aren't supposed to be able to help facilitate your NIL money. And if they are, congrats. I don't know who's enforcing any rules right now. But you can't just show up and sit down across from Brent Venables and go, all right, what NIL deals do you have for me? You just, no. It's, that's not how this thing works. You, so, can't, you can't sit down with J.R. Sandlin and discuss, okay, what name image likeness deals do you have on tap for me? Anybody. Mm. Affiliated with the university, mm. so yeah, I I just I'm done. I'm over it. I'm ready. I, I've never had a problem. If the dude wants to go, go. I, I've told you guys this a thousand times. I'm not going to be someone that sits here and goes, Tebow, Lincoln Riley, Trey. That's not me. That's never going to be my way. I, I'm happy where Oklahoma is now. Couldn't care less about this stuff. I bring it up because there's always news or a a. a philosophy that might be thrown out and we're going to talk about where he ends up but is it consuming my day-to-day life no, no not really i'll hear something like oh that's interesting wonder what josh thinks about this wonder what you guys think about it i'm i'm over the moon about the direction of all our state schools right now but sp- specifically oklahoma i'm fired up about where brent venables is taking this and the vision behind the scenes of the of the thad turnip seeds and the recruiting side of things knowing that drew hill hill's still involved why can i never remember the dude's name drew jr jr sandwich he listen you got lee like, davis you got like 10 you got like 10 days jr to follow me back on twitter that's the rule lee davis you too that's all you get you're in the window I now follow you you're Clock's in that window Hour don't glasses. follow back i'm out but no, in all seriousness, this is this is awesome. What somebody Teddy retweeted something this weekend, and and we'll get to the top five stories today. Teddy retweeted something that I thought was fantastic, and it could not have been more in line with my thinking. Um, there was someone who had tweeted. OU fans all mad at Lincoln Rally for snatching up their players and recruits. They sure didn't mind Dry Fitz recruiting tactics while he was in Norman and a bunch of laughing, smiling faces. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a tweet that was necessarily doing a lot of numbers or anything of that nature. But then all of a sudden, Teddy retweeted it, and it done blowed up. And go figure this guy, Clint, is from College Station. Right. Huh. Who could have seen that coming? And Teddy said, any OU fan that is mad needs to become more informed. I can't think of a single event since Stoops was hired that has had such a positive impact on the direction of our program. Bravo. Preach. Let's go. That's where I am. Um, all right, let's give the top five plenty of time. Quick timeout. When we come back. Can I read some text to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's do just it. knock a few out here. Get, get real some quick. of those air comfort solutions text taken care of. I'm over B He can take his fingernails and drama somewhere else. Don't want to hear his name again.
Caleb spelled backwards. Kind of interesting. Oh, it took me some BLAC. Yeah, okay. no, it threw me off okay. initially. Okay. Caleb's unproven, hyped, but unproven. He was never even proven to be better than Rattler, despite true believers. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, no one cares about Muleshoe Jr. You're beating a dead horse. It's ridiculous. Well, you're still calling him Muleshoe Jr. Maybe you should move on, too. Maybe you should be the one that grows a little bit here to say, I'm happy with what's going on here. We'll see what happens at USC, but I couldn't care less. Uh, Johnny from Tulsa, done with them. Wish him the best of luck. And uh, so, you know, I'm over it, but wish the best of luck. That's the right approach. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else simply said who? <laughs> the who is one of my favorites. Well, I, and I legit had a who question whenever that USC receiver was talking about an Oklahoma education. I never heard of him before in my life. And I follow the draft, and I follow the NFL, and I follow college football. And this dude is being retweeted into some wide receiver. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. That's Deion been, Jones. Deion Jones, yeah. I'm like, I, I have never heard of him in my life. But yeah, I'm, I'm still triggered by his comments on the University of Oklahoma's educational <laughs> value. Uh, a couple more not about Caleb Williams. Good. Yeah, I don't get all the Chiefs fatigue either. They're such a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Most most of the fatigue, I think, just comes from how we are as a society to where we'll complain about, oh, this league, it needs more young stars, and we need we need more than Brady and Manning, and then all of a sudden you get them. And then you get that, and you're like, well, I need more than just one. I'm, we can't see Mahomes again. And, and Andy Reid, I mean, I'm tired of him. And I'm just like, listen, I, I, I am, but for different reasons. I'm tired of him because they kick my team's backside incessantly. And you're right? a Raiders fan. You, you have to hate but, the Chiefs. But then at the same vein, I'm like, damn, this is impressive to watch. I don't know. I, you know, Pop always talked about this, and I learned a lot from it. It's, I watch sports because I love to watch greatness. Guys, we're seeing greatness in what the Chiefs are doing. Yeah, you're living it. And you're they, living it. They might – listen, I don't think – you, you lived it the other night with Josh Allen, too, by sure. the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're seeing some of that from Joe I don't, Burrow. I don't get the Chiefs fatigue at all. Uh, two more. Not saying Mahomes isn't great, but I don't think people are giving Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill enough credit for some of Mahomes' success. I, I don't necessarily disagree, but – Tyreek Hill isn't the only receiver making plays for Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes and maybe even the emergence, well, I can't say emergence anymore, the presence of Tyreek Hill opened things up for the Pringles and the Hardmans and McKinnons of the world. I don't think those guys can go to other teams and become ones, if that's a fair way to put it. But it's it's a good point. We've got so much good stuff on here. Kendall... Uh, not fired up about Kansas' win last night. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Thoughts on NFL overtime rules. Maybe we can dive back into that at some point. But I thought this was interesting. Why are NFL teams able to move the ball up and down the field in the last six minutes of every game? Now, <laughs> this individual feels like maybe maybe it's scripted, but I, I <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm going to fight back against that narrative. But I do think. That's an interesting question, why defenses suddenly go brain dead sometimes I, in the two-minute drill. I would – I think – I think it's it's a two-fold thing. All right, I'm going to put my – I'm going to take my whistle, put it around my neck. I'm going to grab my, my visor. I'm not a big on the high. I'm more of the smaller softball visor. And here's what I'm going to say. I think it's twofold. Number one, I think – 
a lot of defenses play not to lose. I th- and again, you play to win. Look what happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, look what happened last year to the the Jets against the Raiders. Right? I mean, you have moments where you're you, you have examples of why you might play a little bit of a different way. And I also think that d- defenses are gassed. I think they're gassed. So you know, you're going up against a high powered offense, and you don't have massive rotations on your defensive line. You're you're done. You you got to put your best player on the sideline because he's been going a hundred miles an hour on back to back plays, and then you finally get an incompletion and he's off the field. It's not good. You got to replace Nick Bosa with Arden Key. That's not good. And we've seen at times in the playoffs teams not necessarily in prevent situations or in prevent situations, and then you just don't make a play. The Saints Vikings finish from a couple of years back where was was it Diggs that just they missed the tackle and all of a sudden he's sprinting into the end zone and the game's over. Uh, you go a little further back and the Ravens heave versus the Broncos. I mean, we we've seen this to where it's like sometimes guys just gotta go make a play too. You you can have the right call in the playoffs, man, funny things happen sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, there there's a couple of reasons. And I just also think you're going against the elite of the elite at quarterback. You really are. And part of it, too, here, and not to be, you know, obnoxious as a Chiefs fan. Tyron Matthew was out. Kansas City called two perfect play calls yeah. and executed the play to Tyreek and then to Travis Kelsey beautifully. And they have the right quarterback that was calm in that situation. Boy, Jim Irsay just threw out a tweet that got retweeted into my timeline that I find interesting. He is the owner of the Colts, by the way. You can see, clear as day, in the final eight NFL playoff teams, you need a QB, an offense who can score 30 or more in regulation, and a defense that can hold an opponent under 30. There you go. Uh, A little bit of shade thrown at his lack of a star quarterback in Indianapolis, maybe. He's the owner of the Colts. There you go, T-Row. There you go. Derek Carr to Indy confirmed. All right, quick break. When we come back on the Plank Show, the top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour two of the Plank Show brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. On Twitter, you can find us at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Everybody should be following us at Sports Talk 1400. You, uh... You ready to get into the top five stories of the day? I feel like I've delayed it long enough. The suspense, it's killing everyone. I know. You you really need to know what we consider to be the most important stories of the day. So let's go with big story number five. Number five. Here they are. The NFL ratings are out. And to the surprise of nobody. Can, can I go ahead? guess order of top ratings? Uh, you sure can. Okay, so I'm going to say... Go, go ahead. Kansas City, Buffalo, number one. Uh, you would be correct. I'm going to say... Niners, Packers, two. Um, hold on. My computer just refreshed on me right in the middle of it. Uh, I believe Niners, Packers was indeed number two. I'm going to say... Rams, Bucks, three. And... 
Bengals uh, Titans was was the least uh, highest rated. Forty two point seven for the Bills and the Chiefs. Number one. Thirty eight point one for the Rams Buccaneers. Number two. Okay. Thirty six point nine mil for the 49ers Green Bay. Number three, and as expected, the Bengals Titans lowest rated at thirty point eight. Which, by the way, if you looked back at the last two seasons. The 30.8, which was we the lowest rated game this weekend, would have been the third highest rated game over the last couple of seasons. So the NFL, for the first time over the last couple of seasons, had all four of its divisional round games with 30 or more million viewers. Run that by me one more time. I was reading a text. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. The NFL, for the first time in three seasons – had all four of its games in the divisional series with hmm. more than 30 million viewers. Yeah, not a bad weekend for the National Football League at all. It was also <laughs> it was also the, the the four most viewed shows on TV this past weekend by a mile. And I mean, listen, it, it's dominating everything in the world of sports right now. Hmm. NFL probably lost out on the the Packers losing to the 49ers. I know the 49ers is a massive brand. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it would be higher rated this weekend. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers versus either the Rams or the Buccaneers. So probably, probably missed out there. I think they got what they wanted in the AFC. It would have been great either way, but maybe a hair advantage right now for Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. And then Joe Burrow, I think, was go- going to rate better than the Titans, just based on y- you sell the young quarterback versus Mahomes sure. or Allen. I, I think now it's become a situation where you just – you want all things Patrick Mahomes he could possibly get, regardless of how you feel. The Fox release for their numbers looks like this. Um, this is kind of, I mean, listen, th- there were two divisional playoff games on Saturday, right? There was 49ers, Packers, there was Bengals, Titans. The first line, the most watched Saturday NFL divisional playoff game on any network. There was, there was one other. I mean, what, what, who wrote that? I was watching a reel last night where some guy was trying to talk about how he runs a multi-million dollar company and and he, he's kind of in charge of things and it's called Dewar Deshay. And the guy also goes, Are you talk, do you drive for DoorDash? <laughs> the guy's like, yes. I mean, is, is this kind of what we're dealing with here? They're like, we had the most. I mean, listen, it's 36.9 million viewers, so it's not anything to sneeze at. But when you're like, this was the most watched divisional game on a Saturday on any network. Yeah, no, no bleep, buddy. You're the only game. <laughs> yeah, there was that no matter. Other game. Up forty percent from last year. Up thirty percent from last. Uh, up forty percent from last year's window. Up thirty percent from last year's divisional game, and it was the most streamed NFC divisional game in Fox Sports history. Bobby points out on the text line, based on those ratings, I guess the go woke, go broke crowd having a bad day. I, I thought everybody tuned out from the National Football League. I thought we were done. I, I would hate. I would hate. I mean, I still have. If you listen to this show with any regularity, 
you know what I'm talking about. There's a slim chance that he's listening. I still have a faction of my family that's like, well, I don't watch the NFL anymore. I just, with all, they still doing that kneeling stuff. I'm like, no, they're not, and you never watched it before. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what do we – thank you for your political statement, but there's about 40 million other people. Ed, what did you say the numbers were in Kansas City? That you broke oh, it had down. A, it had a 90, 90. share. It, it, it peaked at that. I was driving home yesterday, and you had told me that before the last break. And I was so mad at myself because I wanted to bring it up in the last segment, but I we, we only had a little bit of time, so I'm driving. I'm like, what did I want? Oh, dang it! I wanted to talk and, about 90 million. And I'm people sure the are 90 percent of the. Uh, I'm viewers. sure the television share was incredible in Buffalo too. Uh, this is just what I saw in Kansas City. Three out of four television sets it averaged were watching the Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills game, and it peaked. At a 90. All right, Plank, we get it. Everybody watches the NFL. Give me some other stuff. All right, big story number four. Number four. Now, I'm preparing you all now. We're going to do it here quickly. You're going to be inundated. Inundated with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers talk over the next couple of weeks. And I don't know. Hold on. I was listening to I was listening to uh, Jim Ross tell the story of Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart during the break. I need to plug back in my audio. Um. I think this is going to make the rounds quite a bit from Tom Brady. Football is extremely important in my life, and it means a lot to me. And I care a lot about what we're trying to accomplish as a team. And I care a lot about my teammates. And the biggest difference now that I'm older is I have kids now, too. You know, and I care about them a lot as well. You know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. It pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. Um, that's interesting. You Sounds know. like somebody that's seriously thinking, Yeah, I, maybe I don't, I don't come back. You know, it's, some might say, geez, Tom Brady, you've made how much money um, in your career? I, I've got, according to Spotrack or Spotrack, whichever way you say it, 235 mil over 20 seasons with the Patriots, and you can imagine uh, probably double that in what he's made in endorsements. And you would add to it, I mean, Giselle Bunchen is not, you know, she's not married to him for his money. She would be fine on her own, but there's more than just the cash side of it. It's taken me a long time to accept that, bro. As someone who scratches and claws for every penny they can make, there's there's time, and, and his kids are still young, and that Brady, time to get with him is, is irreplaceable. Brady's decision to play again has nothing to do with money. Yeah. Nothing. Um, And so it, I've got more from Tom Brady that will play after the break, but here was – here was Aaron Rodgers in making a fairly clear point. A lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild – uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. So, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm still super competitive. I still know I can play at a high level. So it's going to be a tough, uh, tough decision. A lot of things to, to weigh in the, in the coming weeks, but man, just so much gratitude for this city and this organization and in such a long, long career here that I'm proud of and, and really thankful for all the, men and women that work here and the men I've gotten to cross paths with with uh, coaches and players over the years. That was a little subdued because it came, I think, literally after the game Yeah, on Saturday. 
Which but, the, the last thing you want to be thinking about when you get eliminated is, hey, are you coming back next year, Aaron? Is this the end? <laughs> and I understand. As media members, we have a responsibility get, to ask. I'm still mad at Lynn Swan. And that's a pretty good answer. Right. Given no, it's the a great answer. Situation. Well, and, and here's the thing. I don't think either one of these decisions are going to drag out. I don't think we're going to get to draft night. And you have don't the think Adam, so with Aaron? The Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers bomb. I don't think it's going to, you know, we'll ride a roller coaster of will he or won't he. I think he'll make his decision pretty quick. I mean, I'm sitting here right now, and on January 25th, I would not be surprised if neither one of them played again next year. But I hope you're right, but. Who knows? I. Basing off last offseason, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to string this thing along. Would not he likes be himself surprised. some attention. Uh, big story number three. Number three. We've got the first words from, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to prepare for Cincinnati coming up in just a bit. Plus, the latest out of L.A. is Matt Stafford prepares for his first NFC Championship game coming up here in just a bit. But let's shift our focus to big story number two. Number two. It was a wild finish between Kansas and Texas Tech last night in Big 12 play. Harris, he's looking to drive. Flips. Missed. Follow good. What a shot by K.J. Adams. He came soaring in like Superman and somehow tipped it in. And then Kansas held on for dear life in double overtime. Up the floor, Wilson. They were trying to foul. Ahead to Shannon. Throws up a three. Misses. Rebound, Harris. And KU's going to win it. Cardiac Kansas does it again. Bill Self is 34-0 and on big Mondays. As Kansas wins last night over Texas Tech, 94-91. In double overtime, maybe the Big 12 game of the 34-0. year. 34-0. On big Mondays. All time? All time. Now, I don't know. I think there might have been a late, late game when he was at Tulsa that they played against, like, Olivier St. John and the San Jose State Spartans that they lost. But in Kansas, on big Mondays, uh, they claim he's never lost. I would assume that's at home. Because I feel like he would have played more than 34 times on big Mondays. And lost a road game somewhere. Um, But, yeah, pretty impressive. Tonight in the Big 12, here's what you get. Kansas State at Baylor, Texas at TCU. Oklahoma will travel off to Morgantown this afternoon before their 7 o'clock tilt on Wednesday night against West Virginia. Also, Iowa State at OSU on Wednesday night. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh, Josh Helmer was busy over at SoonersWire.com because... There are a lot of offers and a lot of commitments that took place over the last couple of uh, days. So where are we right now? Because the Sooners look like they've got themselves their quarterback of the future in Jackson Arnold, the four-star for 2023. We'll talk about it next. It's your top five stories of the day. In Hour 2 of the Plank Show, which is brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. It is the Plank Show. All right, um, which way do you want to go here, Josh? Do you want to get a little Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, little uh, – let's see, who else do I have? Little, why do we – oh, George Kittle? Or do, do you want to spend some time on the Cruton Day? Those are the two big stories we delayed. I'd love to inundate myself with Kansas City, but I think the general we would like uh, some Oklahoma – 
Karutin. I like to refer to it as the royal we. So with that in mind, uh, I saw that Parker Thune put out a, a video on Instagram, and Parker and Steely are coming up here in about one, an hour from now. One half of the star, po- star power of Steely and Thune at noon, which Correct. is here right here. Um, but what do we know about Jackson Arnold, the latest? I'm, boy, it's too bad that, you know, since things have changed, Oklahoma can't recruit high-caliber, top-notch quarterbacks anymore. It's just it's depressing. Game over. Yeah, right. it's – I don't know how they're going to do it. It's wild that against this onslaught of negative momentum for the program right. that Jeff Levy has been able to land in the course of a month Three-star quarterbacks. <laughs> One that has 25 career starts under his belt in Dylan Gabriel and over 8,000 passing yards, 70 passing touchdowns, and has signed Nick Evers, who is a four-star signee and uh, now has another four-star signee committed in the 2023 class in Jackson Arnold. Arnold, six foot one, 195-pound quarterback out of Denton-Geyer, Texas. Have not seen him play, have watched a little bit of his huddle film. I would just say a couple of takeaways here for me, Plank. Number one, the philosophy shift for Oklahoma I think is is interesting. We ta- we've talked a little bit about this in the past. We knew with the crystal ball projections and some of the future casting that was out there from rivals and others that Oklahoma was – making a a serious change here to where they don't mind signing Nick Evers in 2022 and then going after Jackson Arnold in 2023. And given the way that the Caleb Williams and Spitzer Rattler situations played out at Oklahoma, I think this is probably the right way to approach it. You probably should sign a quarterback every single year if you can. And they've, they've clearly done that here. Uh, The other takeaway for me, a couple of takeaways is they now again have landed three top-notch quarterbacks in a very short span of time. So they've really restocked this quarterback room. We'll see if they're done doing that. Jackson Dart, we think, is still a very real possibility for Oklahoma. And then lastly, you look and think about the 2023 class. There's two other commits in it. You've got the four-star wide receiver out of Los Alamitos, California, and DeAndre Moore Jr., who there's some really good write-ups out there about why he stayed committed to OU even amidst the changes I thought was really cool. And then Joshua Bates out of Durango, Colorado. Typically, when you get a guy like Jackson Arnold committed, this we, we've seen it in the past. This kind of gets the ball rolling, especially with offensive skill talent in a given recruiting class. So this is big news. Big news uh, for Oklahoma yesterday, no doubt. Yeah, I, I saw that start to circulate into my Twitter timeline, and I quickly – couldn't help but laugh with all of the, oh, man, I don't know how they're going to get offensive players. And then you realize it's it's a pretty damn good offensive coordinator they got coming in in Jeff Levy. And it's not as if – I've said this a lot. Find me another situation where an offensive-minded head coach goes somewhere else and basically all but one of the members of the offensive staff stick around. It's incredible. It's incredible. And – Jeff Levy came in and said, oh, we're good. Bill Beanbow's going to crush it on the O-line. Joe John Finley is, is a rising star. And with DeMarco Murray and what he's shown, Kale uh, Gunny, I know they're going to uh, – they've added a new 
I guess you could say kind of assistant receivers coach. LaDamian Washington. Right. But I'm just – I'm in awe of what they've been able to do on the recruiting trail right now. And you bring in a guy – of the nature of Jackson Arnold. I mean, what was funny is I was looking at his 24-7 sports profile. Did you see who was also recruiting him at Alabama? Was was Jay Valai. Really? Yeah, Jay Valai and Bill O'Brien were the two guys recruiting him at Alabama. Well, I like that. So Valai comes to Oklahoma. You know, Bill O'Brien's – listen, Bill O'Brien's name is still out there for some NFL jobs. So, you know, pending someone coming in and trying to make a late push for him. Great get. Great get. I say Jackson just run Arnold. it back in Houston. <laughs> see the Texans realize they made a mistake. What's funny, by the way, is I was pretty sure that Dan Quinn would be the Broncos head coach by today, so I'll keep pushing that bet off until tomorrow or the next day. But I'm telling you, I think Josh McCown's going to be the next head coach of Houston. I think they're going to go with McCown. They wanted to last year and didn't do it. Anyway, I, I digress. We're talking sooner recruiting. You've got tons of names here, too, uh, that I was kind of perusing through, Josh. Uh, Darian Gillette who's a 6'2", 225-pound uh, uh, linebacker and edge from Marlin, Texas, mm -hmm. who has an offer. 24-7 sports claims uh, Baylor, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon, A&M among those. 23 athlete Samuel Impimba? Am I even close? I, I think that's correct. Works for me. Um, one of the top players in the 23 class. Number nine player overall. Defensive lineman Jordan Renault. Six foot four kid, two hundred fifty pounds out of Tyler, Texas. I saw one of the coaches was in Tyler the other day. Colton Vasic, an edge out of Austin, Westlake High School. And he's a three star kid right now, but from everything I gather, you know, watching watching his tape and just Following what the Brandon Drums, Parker Thunes, everybody in the recruiting world, th this is a fast riser. I don't think he's going to gotcha. finish as a three-star. And how about this? Already some 24 guys. Kobe Black out of Connolly High School in Waco. Safety Noah Dixon, who's out of LaGrange, Georgia. A six-foot, 170-pound safety. Also in that 24 ca class, Jalen Mbakwe, the cornerback out of Clay Shockville High School in Alabama. And there's some other names on here as well, too, including Javon <laughs> and, Thomas. And there's been a couple that, that happened yesterday that we could add to that list, too. So it really? just, oh, yeah, it, it keeps happening. It's crazy. Nonstop. We'll be all over it. Um, and do our best to bring you whatever information out there there is. I will say this um, you can't help but be impressed with what you're seeing on the recruiting trail right now. So there's some crew talk. Let's get some NFL talk when we come back. And, and again, Josh is, is dialed in. He's drilled in. Parker Thune is dialed in and drilled in. We got you covered over the next four hours nonstop for the last hour of our show, Thune and Steely, and then, of course, from 2 to 3 here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Final segment of Hour 2. Got a bunch of highlights to get to in Hour 3. If you guys want to jump in here, we'd love to hear from you at 329-9000, 405-329-9000. Got a couple open lines. Um, I, I'm mad at Tyler right now. Can I tell you why I'm mad at Tyler? Or you. I yes. can't decide who put it out. Who just put the tweet out on the Sports Talk account? Was that Tyler about the best OU player you've seen in the last 20 years? Dude, I am so anti From Oklahoma, by the way. From Oklahoma. I am so anti this kind of stuff on Twitter, and I always get sucked in. <laughs> Right, I yeah. always do. It's like I'm. I mean, I don't. 
I don't want to participate in it. I'm out. I'm done. I ain't talking about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, since 1999, who's the best offensive and defensive player that's played at OU from the state of Oklahoma? I mean, I'd have a hard time not not giving the nod to the man who does the afternoon show right here. Teddy's the best linebacker I've ever watched in person, period. I mean, I just – the best. Gerald McCoy? Gerald McCoy is one of the best defensive linemen, if not the best, I've watched in person. I think period. Off- offensively, Sam Bradford? Yeah, Sam Bradford be hard. Jason White would be hard. Of course, two guys had won the Heisman Trophy. Ryan Broyles was was the best receiver I think I've ever seen. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, I, Oklahoma I, I, player from Oklahoma. Right, right, right. right. So, so save yourself where you're like, Adrian Peterson. Adrian is from Texas. I still think the funniest thing I ever read on the internet was someone who said if you're ever lost in the forest somewhere and you can't find your your way, just yell out very loudly, Adrian Peterson's nickname is AP. <laughs> and so it'll be like, it's AD! <laughs> yeah. Including Whoa, me. There's oh, signs of some, life over All there. right, we're okay. We're okay. Um, gosh, that's tough. There's also some hidden dudes that matter a lot to me that I thought were really good that Maybe don't get a lot of the pub that they deserve. Patrick Fletcher. That's from the text line. P. Fletch. <laughs> Patrick Fletcher. Great holder. I remember, uh, was Jake Sills from Oklahoma? That was my initial message board name, was Jake Sills. <laughs> um, I said, it's a fun one. Go check it out right now. It'll kill a couple of minutes, hours for you at Sports Talk 1400. I'm sucked in. NFL next.